Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Hello and welcome to the Anglo-Catholic Podcast for the fourth day of April 2006. I'm your reader, John J. O'Sullivan. Today is Tuesday in Passion Week. Today, the Church commemorates the life of St. Isidore, Bishop, Confessor, and Doctor, and Patron of the Internet. Let's begin today's podcast with a reading from the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. At that time, Jesus walked into Galilee, where he would not walk in Jewry, because the Jews sought to kill him, and so on, and that which followeth. A homily by St. Augustine the Bishop. In this chapter of the Gospel, my brethren, our Lord Jesus Christ hath much commended himself unto our faith in respect of his humanity. Forsooth, his words and works were always such as to give us to believe that he is both God and man, God who made us, and man who sought us, as touching his Godhead always with the Father, and as touching his manhood one with us in time. For he could not have sought after that which he had made, save that he himself was made one with all that he made. Yea, verily, be ever mindful of this, and never let it escape from your hearts, to wit, that Christ was made man in such wise, that he ceased not to be God. He who is the maker of man made himself to become man, yet remained that very God who is from everlasting to everlasting. Wherefore, albeit his Godhead was hidden by his humanity, we must not think that he had suffered any lessening of power, but rather that he was giving an example to our weakness. He was taken, but not until he willed it. Likewise, not until he willed it was he put to death. But his faithful people, who are his members, have not that power over their lives which he who is our God had over his. For this reason he hid himself. Yea, he concealed himself, as it were, to escape being put to death, so as to shew what should be done in like case by his members in whom he himself doth well. For Christ is not the head of his church in such sense that he is not also the body thereof. Rather, the whole Christ is in the head, and the whole Christ is in the body. What therefore his members are, that same is he himself. Albeit, it doth not follow that his members are the same as his. For if his members were not one with himself, how could he say unto Saul, Why per persecutest thou me? For Saul was not persecuting Christ, but Christ's members, that is, his faithful ones which were upon earth. He said not, Why persecutest thou my holy ones? Nor did he say, My servants. Nor yet did he give them that more honorable name, my brethren, but rather he called them me, that is to say, my members whose head I am. Here endeth the lesson.
concerning the life of St. Isidore. Isidore, the most learned man of his time, and the surpassing doctor of Spain, was born in the 6th century, perhaps at Carthage, where his father was governor of the province. His sister Florentina, who was foundress and abbess of several convents, and two of his brothers, to wit, the ecclesiastical writer Fulgentius, Bishop of Rusk, and Leander, Bishop of Seville, whom Isidore succeeded in that see, are also venerated as saints. From his two holy brothers, he received a solid training in learning and godliness. And it is said that Leander shewed his love by being a stern taskmaster, and that the lad Isidore ran away to escape from the lessons which were so hard to remember. And that when he stopped to rest at a spring, he asked a woman what it was that made the hollows in the hard rock where the waters fell, who told him that the constant dripping of the waters made these marks, just as the constant repetition of his lessons would make their marks on his soul. Whereat the lad returned to his brother, content to become a scholar. It was Isidore who fostered in Spain the growth of Christian culture amidst the barbarism of Europe which had resulted from the conquests of the Visigoths. He presided at the Fourth Council of Toledo in 633, the most celebrated in Spain, where he succeeded in enacting a decree that the, a cathedral school should be established in every diocese to teach every known branch of knowledge, that is, the liberal arts with law and medicine, as well as Greek and Hebrew. In these Spanish schools, Aristotle was studied long before the Arabs had brought him to the attention of the rest of Europe. Isidore himself wrote many useful books full of learning, such as a dictionary of synonyms, a treatise on physical geography and astronomy, a history of the world, a biography of great men, extensive biblical and ecclesiastical studies, and a history of the Goths, Vandals, and Suevi. He also compiled an encyclopedia of universal knowledge in 20 volumes, which for centuries was everywhere used as a textbook, for which reason he is known as Schoolmaster of the Middle Ages. To him also is ascribed the completion of the Missal and Breviary of the Mozarabic Rite for use of the Goths, which Leander had begun to arrange from the earlier Spanish liturgy, and he greatly assisted the monastic orders by the regulations which he gave them. He finished the work of converting the Visigoths from Arianism, and in 619, at the Second Council of Seville, stamped out the strange heresy of the Acephali, which was just then arising. He was a great example in the episcopate of all good works, and zealously labored for the restoration of ecclesiastical discipline. To this end, he continued to organize the Spanish church, along the lines Leander had begun, into a system of representative government through synods, which was the precursor of the parliamentary secular governments of a latter day. After governing his see for about forty years, he passed to heaven at Seville in the year 636, and was buried in his cathedral church between Saints Leander and Florentina. Many years later, when the Moors had overrun that region, his relics were ransomed at a great price and enshrined in Lyon, where they are still venerated. His immemorial cultus was officially confirmed in 1598, and in 1722 his traditional title of Doctor of the Church. Here endeth the lesson. A lesson from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus said unto his disciples, Ye are the salt of the earth, 
but if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trotted under foot of men. And so on, and that which followeth. A homily by St. Isidore the Bishop. Whosoever is set over the people to teach and train them in godliness must first of all himself be holy and blameless. For only he that is himself stranger to sin should rebuke a sinner. Because a man dareth not to rebuke another, if the latter can justly say, Shut thy mouth until thou hast taught thyself to do properly. A bishop should also be learned in the scriptures, both to teach those who belong to him, and to overcome the enemies of the faith. For except these be overcome, they will easily lead astray the hearts of simple folk. Moreover, a bishop should adapt his preaching to each one's profession and way of life. That is, he must know what to speak, to whom he is speaking, and when and how to speak. It is his special duty to read the scriptures, to know well the canons, to follow the example of saints. Such an one must also possess charity, without which all other virtues are nothing. For charity is the keeper of chastity, and the home of this keeper of chastity is humility. Chastity should hold the foremost place amongst all these virtues, that the mind may be clean given to Christ. Besides such habits of godliness, he should be a prudent administrator and distinguished for hospitality. If the faithful obey these words, I was a stranger and ye took me in. How much more a bishop, for a bishop's house should be the home of all. Here endeth the lesson. Let us pray. Grant, O Lord, we pray thee that this our fasting may be acceptable in thy sight, that we, being cleansed from our sins and made worthy of thy grace, may be made whole unto everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Grant to us, Lord, we beseech thee, grace so to continue steadfastly in obedience to thy will, that in our time the number of the faithful people may be multiplied, and the worthiness of their service increased. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee, in the unity of the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. O God, by whose providence blessed Isidore was sent to guide thy people in the way of everlasting salvation, grant we beseech thee that as we have learned of him the doctrine of life on earth, so we found worthy to have him for our advocate in heaven. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Finally, a prayer from catholic.org. Almighty and eternal God, who created us in thy image and bade us to seek after all that is good, true, and beautiful, especially in the divine person of thy only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, grant we beseech thee that, through the intercession of St. Isidore, Bishop and Doctor, during our journeys through the internet, we will direct our hands and our eyes only to that which is pleasing to thee, and treat with charity and patience all those souls whom we encounter, through Christ our Lord. Amen. And that ends today's edition of the Anglo-Catholic Podcast. As always, I am your reader, John J. O'Sullivan, praying that the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, bless us and keep us now and forever and unto ages of ages. Amen.
the Anglo-Catholic Podcast is sponsored by the Church of St. Anthony of Padua in Hackensack, New Jersey. Whether you live, work, or are visiting the greater North Jersey, New York metro area, come and worship with us. On Sundays, a low Mass in Spanish is at 8 a.m. and a high Mass in English at 10 a.m. For directions, service times, or for more information, call Father Brian Laffler at 201 489 4728 or check out her website at www.stanthonyhackensack and hackensack is spelled h-a-c-k-e-n-s-a-c-k dot org The Church of St. Anthony of Padua is affiliated with Ford and Faith North America and the American Anglican Council.